Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. So. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Okay. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Yes, welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, August 10th, 2019 at DNRstudios.com, the only place you can hear this podcast. I don't know why I'm British. Only. If you listen elsewhere, leave us your ratings and reviews on whichever audio platform you use. And email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. We're going to have you sound si very posh, by the way. Thank you. We're going to have Simon Mathis, uh, our announcer, on the show as guest co-host in September when Ryan is off. Oh, So you'll really? get to hear him in is all his glory. So? Simon's got a very posh accent. Mm -hmm. Like the Facebook page. Download my comedy album. Um, and most importantly, we are still... Now I don't know what I am. You are all I'm, over the place. Now I'm a totally different accent. Now you're a valley girl. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like kind of vocal fry now. Uh, we are still raising money to keep JB alive and well and on the show. So go to adamsank.com to donate to the JB fund. Uh, if you go to my website, adamsank.com, it's right at the top of the page. There's a link that says keep JB on the ass. You link on it. You click on it. It goes to GoFundMe. Uh, listen, all the money goes to JB. And he needs it. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. I do. Mm -hmm. I need to pay rent. <laughs> okay. okay. So uh, please give generously. Our guest today is Jeff Shearer, an improv comedian who was also one of the very first people I met when I moved to New York in 1995. And my reasons for booking him are very selfish. I really just wanted to catch up with him. And we just ran into each other on Facebook for the first time in, in over 20 years. And I was like, oh, my God, come on my podcast so I can see you. Um, but he's really funny, and I think you guys are going to enjoy him. Uh, before we do anything else, though, I need to welcome back everyone's favorite piglet, the one and only Ryan Frostig. Oh, I didn't know this was happening today. Ryan, did you know you were going to be hosting? Maybe. Are you wearing the same shirt and shorts that you wore last night when we uh, really? were hanging out You're together? You're going to put me on blast? Really? Yes, I am. I'm a filthy piglet, and I'm, I don't care. <laughs> I think that's going into the new opening. I'm a filthy piglet. Someone, um, Steve, uh, just sent me something. Steve Cesaro, who is a listener of the pod. A huge fan. Huge fan of the We'll yes. be coming in, actually, in two weeks to sit in with JB and learn how to do the board. Yes. Just in case we do lose JB because we, we don't raise enough money. We need an understudy. Wait, I just want to 
pull this up. Oh, okay. So um, he sent me this thing, um, uh, a word for a, a uh, before piglet was a word, um, they were called porkets. Porkit? Porkit. P-O-R-K-E-T. Like, so, that's the re- that was a real name for a young mm-hmm. pig? Mm-hmm. Porkit. And so that's what you're going to be called now? I'm now a porkit. And you can pork it any time you like want. A good drag name would be Porkette. Porkette? Like there'd be pork chop and then her sister Porkette. Well, in any case, I have an important question for both of you. Yes. Which is this. Who is your favorite gay porn star of all time? Oh, my God. This is red. so hard. Red? Red. Yes, red. I don't know red. <laughs> is he a ginger? No, hold it, hold it, I got you. I got you right now. I'm going to show you pictures. It's a beautiful man. Ryan? Um, well, I w- was really into um, Colby Keller for a long time, but he's uh, a right-wing, crazy Trump supporter. Not good. Um, I, I, was, I was doing some research just so I could have all the names right. Diego, Diego Sanz okay. is a favorite of mine. Um, Pierre Fitch is a favorite of mine because uh, he's tatted and verse. I didn't ask for a list. Um, I asked for your favorite. Well, I'm not done, so let me just continue. No, I'm just kidding. Um, JB is now showing me Red, who looks very thuggy. Can I see? A beautiful Spanish man who Show eats cake. the Red. Lots of tattoos. Oh. Beautiful. Big, long, brown penis <sighs> with it, a lot of It's hard because I have so many. I mean, I love um, uh, Rocco Steele's big dick. Yes. I could watch him fuck anyone. Me too. Um, Rocco's, about you? Rock, so Rocco is number one as far as current. Mm-hmm. Porn stars go. Of all time, I think I'm going to have to go with Mike Branson. Ooh, I got to go to Google for now, this. Now, Mike Branson was a Falcon star in the 90s when Falcon was king, when you had to actually rent or buy VHS tapes to watch porn. What's and the name? Mike Branson, as in Branson, Missouri. He was um, over six feet, just totally beautiful, buff, vanilla looking white boy. But his face body and penis were all so perfect and although he was gay for pay and wound up uh reportedly becoming a born-again christian and marrying a woman he seemed to really enjoy what he was doing he wasn't like a rough mean porn star but he seemed to really like getting his dick sucked and fucking guys and his dick are you looking at his dick right now i'm looking at everything it's really a masterpiece he made a bunch of movies for Falcon and then was never heard from again. But anyway, the reason I bring this up is because our good friend Matthew Redmond, who's been on the show, uh, the curator of boy, boyculture.com. <laughs> this, is, this is how big it is, right? Yeah, it's big. That's, I think that's a uh, photo illustration. Ryan just po- pulled wow. out this picture of Mike Branson with like a, a two-foot-long dick. <laughs> that's impressive. Yeah, it's not that big. Yeah. But anyway, Matthew Redmond on boyculture.com compiled an exhaustive list of the hottest 250 gay porn stars of all time. Oh, my goodness. And we're going to go through every single we're gonna one go of them. All two fi- no, we're not going to go through all 250. But I have to give it up to Matthew, the... the, uh, the the time and effort this must have taken and the, and the cramping in his wrist. It's hard work, but someone has to do it. This is an actual audio of Matthew working on this list for years. But um, now, so I'm going to read you the list of the top 10. Some of these I knew, some of these I never heard of before. Number one is Lucas with a K, Ridgeston or Ridgeston. I don't know her. He, uh, Matthew calls him the face that launched a thousand Bellamy videos. He was born in Bratislava. Um, and he was a huge sensation in the early Bellamy videos of the, uh, of the 90s. His boyish looks, piercing blue eyes, giant endowment, and sweet aura have made him a worldwide fan fave. But he retired in 2005. Um, He's cute. He also apparently still does work behind the scenes at Bellamy. 
not my type. I, I was never into the Bellamy. They, they were yeah, so... Too, so twinky. So twinky, and they just looked like they'd been like polished. Like They were just a little too clean, even for me. But they take raw dick... Like a champ. Very well. Number nine is someone that I know very well, and the person that Derek Hartley describes as having the world's most perfect butthole, Brent Corrigan. Oh, God. Brent Corrigan, who, of course, infamously began his porn career underage, uh, and those videos are now uh, illegal. But um, he's blossomed into a full-fledged porn star. First, he was in Safe Sex Only Productions. Um, and I think he actually... St- uh, oh, yeah. And then with the advent of prep, he segued back into barebacking and recast himself as Verse. Um, he's a big crossover star. Brent Corrigan, you know, probably makes as much money from social media or more as he ever did from porn. But he does have a really perfect little pink circle. I, I, I'm sure the whole is great, but I just don't think he's like, I mean, he's not my t- I don't know. If I'm into if I want to watch a bottom, like a really hot bottom, I, I can get off watching him. There's a movie called Take It Like a Bad Boy that he's in. Oh, yeah. That I really enjoy. Uh, number eight is Austin Wilde. Don't know him. Yes. Born in 83. So that makes him. Oh, wait. I'm thinking of like Austin 12 Wolf. years younger than me. <laughs> so he's like 36. Austin Wilde is bald. Um, I think you'd like, you both would like him. He's, I'm like rapidly, I'm like on Google. Tatted like. up. He's on Cocky Boys. He He's done stuff with his real life oh, partner, yeah. Anthony Romero. He's really hot. For sure. He um, cemented his uh, legend on the website guysandsweatpants.com. <laughs> and he's now a legend and multi-award winner. Love that bald head. Number seven is Kevin Williams. Now, Kevin Williams, I remember very well. He was a blonde Twinkie Bottom from the 90s. Actually, from the 80s. And uh, was in one of the first porns I ever rented. It was called Big Guns. Mm. And the reason I remember him is there's a scene where he's in a hotel room with his parents. He's supposed to be like a teenager on vacation with his parents. And he looks really young, too. And his parents leave the room and he books a massage. And there's two beds in the room, one for his parents and one for him. And the masseur is like, here, why don't you lay down on the bed and I'll give you a massage. And Kevin Williams says, well, that's my bed. And that's my parents' bed, and that's where I sleep. <laughs> and it's like the most unnecessary, nonsensical dialogue. But my friend Heather and I in college used to quote it all the time because I showed her the scene. And we were always like, that's my bed, that's my parents' bed, and that's where I sleep. Okay, so I know the, the listeners won't be able to see this, and we're obviously not going to post it. But this picture of him is him slightly um, spreading his butt open, wearing uh, a crop turtleneck, possibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some and kind then of, this one is a lot of crop tops. A, a lot of crop tops, which, you know. Well, I met him oh. in the 90s in a house in either Provincetown or Fire Island, and he still looked great. And, and he's one of these people where everyone thought he'd be dead of AIDS, but he actually is alive and well. Um, and I remember in the house, he was just kind of a messy, you know, queen. Yeah. I'm not going to go any further than that. Sure. But as of 2016, he, became a, he had become a huge Trump supporter. Oh, so Kevin Williams is officially canceled. canceled. By the way, he's older than me. He's uh, one of the few people on this list who is alive and older than me. Born in 1965, people so he's are in his never 50s older than now. you. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Number six was someone who was also in that movie, Big Guns. His name is Chad Douglas. Chad Douglas was the ultimate daddy. He had a mustache and curly black hair. He was hairy. He had a giant dick. Oh yeah. And he unfortunately died of AIDS in 1999. Uh, Matthew says in real life he was a very gentle, sweet man. 
but which that was the opposite of his porn persona. In porn, he was like such a diesel daddy. I, I can't I, I can't tell. Look at this. That's real. You think that's real? Yeah, I mean it's a good angle, but that, I think that's a real shot of his dick. He uh, was in giant splash shots too. Big guns, too big for his britches. Um, so rest in peace, Chad Douglas. I jerked off to him a number of times. Oh, this is him fucking the other guy. Fucking Kevin Williams. Yeah. Yes, exactly. They right. did scenes together. Number five, I did not know. Uh, his name was Jack Wrangler. He uh, was born in 1946. So he was like a, a 70s porn star who died of emphysema in 2009. He, um, let's see. Aww. This macho blonde Adonis is one of industry f- is one industry figure about which a lot is known because he survived long enough to leave the industry and move into other fields. Um, he actually had a much gossiped about relationship with legendary singer Margaret Whiting, who was 20 years older than him. Yeah, I just found a picture. So he was uh, kind of a gigolo. Oh, there he is with feeding Margaret Whiting. Cake. Feeding her cake. Not the kind of cake that I would <laughs> typically feed someone, but... Um. He was a go-go dancer and stage actor who was recruited into gay porn in, the, in 1970. Um, and he was a very, very much part of that 70s look of like ultra-masculine, hairy, um, just a guy. Number four was Ryan Idol. Okay, not not to sound racist, but all these white people there there are black people in poor too. There are a lot of people of color on his list. Remember, okay. there, he has two hundred and fifty. Okay, these are just the top ten. But you're right; he doesn't just, seem to have any people of color in yeah. the top ten, which is a problem. Your yeah. your objection is noted because yes. I, I I watch a lot of black porn. Yeah, all these names don't sound familiar to me. Was like, Matthew Redman, if you're listening, JB is calling you out for your racism. <laughs> no, but he, because when I looked through the list of all 250, there was a ton of black guys, okay, and Latin guys, and even you know Asian guys. But my um, hence why. But you're right. Top ten is missing. Uh, people of color. This picture of Ryan Idol. So Ryan Idol had some unfortunate mullets. <laughs> Ryan Idol is currently serving um, a life sentence, I believe, for. Uh, bashing his girlfriend over the head with the top of a toilet tank and nearly killing her. Oh, dear. He's completely straight, gave for pay. Um, he, uh, he only made a few movies in the early 90s, but they were huge movies. Idol Eyes, Idol Worship, Idol Thoughts, Idol Country, and Idol in the Sky. He retired in 1998. He had a beautiful penis. I never really liked his persona in porn. He always seemed not into it. Mm-hmm. Like he was clearly just gay for pay. But here's a fun fact. I saw Ryan Idol perform in a Broadway show. Oh, the Ritz. He was in the Ritz. Yes. With our friend Matthew Montalongo, who's yes. been on the ass. Yes. And, um, you know, he had a very small part. He basically just walked across the stage naked a few mm-hmm. times and grunted. But uh, Matthew just talks about him being completely insane and spending all of his time backstage just playing video games and not talking to anyone. Cool. Oh, so pretty much me. <laughs> no, you never tried to kill your girlfriend with a toilet tank. But that we know of. Don't talk to anyone. Actually, I'm wrong. It wasn't a life sentence. He was sentenced in 2012 to 12 years in prison. Oh. Which is not a lot for attempted murder. Um, number three, the world's most famous bottom, the late, great Joey Stefano. Again, the, the, a lot of the people were huge when yeah. I was coming out of the this closet, and I think Matthew uh, Rettman and I are the same age. Joey ooh. Stefano was born in 68, died Hot. in 94 of a drug overdose. Um, my ex-boyfriend knew him and had had sex with him. He, he was something special in the porn world because until then, only tops were porn stars. The bottoms were kind of like, who cared about them? But he was so hot and just such a good bottom that he became famous. Um, He's a good bottom. He became a good bottom. <laughs> 
He became widely known for admitting to having sex with then-closeted David Geffen. Um, and he was in Madonna's, Madonna's 1992 sex book. He also was the subject of a biography after he died by Charles Isherwood, who went on to become the theater critic for the New York Times. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, Joey Stefano was a big deal. And number two was the first guy, first gay porn star I ever knew was Jeff Stryker. Yes, um, I need to put a face to the name. I'm Jeff Stryker, born in 1962, still alive and well. Oh, Many yes. think he's straight. He's never been clear about his sexual orientation. Jeff Stryker was the short Tom Cruise kind of lookalike with a big, thick dick. And he was famous for saying things like, yeah, you like that dick? Take that dick. Yeah, you need that dick up your tight hole. Like I think a lot of... A lot of gay men learn to, t- to do bad, dirty talk from Jeff Stryker. And it continues on. I mean, I perpetuate it daily. I know. My story about Jeff Stryker is the first time I ever rented a gay porn, I went with my gay friend Joe. We were in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We drove to Ypsilanti, where they had the only adult bookstore in the area. And the guy behind the counter was this big queen. Mm-hmm. And my friend liked to embarrass me in these kinds of situations. So he was like, we'd like to rent some gay porn and we're wondering if you'd recommend something like just to be a smart ass. And the guy goes, do you know Jeff? In the way that someone would say, do you know Jesus? (laughs) In the very creepy way. Yeah. And we were like, Jeff who? And he goes, striker. And so he led us over to the Jeff striker section and we rented the Jeff striker and I did enjoy it. And then literally we went back two weeks later and my friend Joe was like, so who would you recommend? And he goes, do you know Jeff? (laughs) And he was transfixed by Jeff Stryker. He was a big deal. He did a bunch of theater about porn. Hmm. Um, His big movies were Stryker Force, Power Tool, and Jamie Loves Jeff, which was a straight porn. He did straight porn as well. And... um, yeah, he has a beautiful penis, but not a good actor. Number one, I have literally never heard of. Al Parker. Born 1952, died 1992. Huh. Matthew calls him an icon. Uh, the ultimate star for fans of guys with facial hair. This butch, denim-clad cult man, the consummate clone, made loops and became... Uh, loops were like primitive porno movies that you could watch at an oh, adult store. Wow. And became the face of the popular Surge Studio Films... Um, his famous movies are Inches, A Few Good Men, and the first ever Other Side of Aspen, which I did see, but I just don't remember him. Really he had a real 70s look about yeah. him. Um, before I wrap this up, I'll just let you know that Matthew Camp did make the list of the top 250. Oh, God. Our own DNR Studios co-host, uh, or, or colleague. Yes. However, or, he was not ranked. He only ranked the top 40. Okay. So Matthew Camp is unranked. Also unranked is... Chris Harder? Mike Branson. Oh. Chris Harder, I don't believe, made the list. Hmm. Mike Branson, my all-time favorite, on the list but unranked. And number 30 is Rocco Steele. Wow. Wow. Now, I tweeted at Rocco, congratulations, you're number 30. And he wrote back, really? 30? (laughs) He was not pleased. And I was like, but that's out of 250 of all time. And he was like... Okay, I guess. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, Queen. So, Rocco, if you're listening, you're, you're my number, number one, one, and I do want you on the show and, and in my hole, although yes. I think I would never be able to walk again. Don't knock it till you try it. Speaking of porn, have you guys ever wondered how much those OnlyFans models make? 
I have wondered. I, I don't need to wonder. Why? Because <laughs> Matthew can't. Uh, <laughs> well, Matthew probably makes more than most. How much yeah. do you think he makes? Has a he lot. talked about it? Yes. I'm not going to say, but Well, if he lot. says it. Oh, he doesn't say it on the air? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let me just say this. Um, this article is, uh, I don't know where I found it, but it basically talks about how it's changed the game. Because for years, people would make porn... And you'd get maybe a thousand bucks for one scene, mm. and then you'd never get anything else. And that scene, they might sell you know a hundred thousand copies of that video. Plus, it gets put on XTube and Pornhub and all the others, and you you get nothing. But these OnlyFans sites now, these porn stars are in, are in control of their own money. And yes, you do have to pay OnlyFans or just for fans a commission. I think they get as much as twenty percent, which is a lot. Yeah. But the platform is so popular and so user-friendly that it's worth it. So one performer who goes by the handle Tropical Daddy on OnlyFans tweeted on July 24th, quote, My student loans are shaking. Thanks to fans and supporters, I'm doing this until I ain't got bills no more. A screen capture was sh- uh, included showing his all-time earnings of $49,870. Wow. Now that may not seem like that much, but he started his OnlyFans career back in April. Oh my god! It is now August. What? Don't so tell me this. So between April and August, he made forty nine thousand dollars. So you're telling me all I have to do is videotape me having the good good? I can make money like that? Absolutely. This other okay. guy who goes by Guz Doos, Guz does, Guz does, G U Z D O E S. He showed a screenshot of his all time earnings being a hundred thousand dollars. When did he start his OnlyFans page? Uh, it doesn't say. Um. Dominic Ford, the founder of Just for Fans, shared that in his first six months of the business, his site has had attracted over 130,000 subscribers. Uh, Rocco Steele, who we've talked about several times today, mm-hmm. told Out Magazine, quote, it's, unbelievable. it's unbelievably more money than I used to make doing studio work. It's the type of thing that feels like it's all going to come crashing down because it's too good to be true. And I think he's right. I, I think, think he's right, too. Sooner or later, this, the train's going to end. Um, Austin Wolf, who's probably one of the top of all time, one of the t- one of the tops of all time, one of the top <laughs> top uh, tops, only fans people, he's got three thousand eight hundred and twenty three subscribers. That's weird that he has only fans when he uh, helped create just for fans. He's actually on for my fans. That was a, oh, that's my question is because I get confused. Is there's just for fans? There's only fans. There's a lot of fans. Okay, there's multiple yes. things now. Yeah, they're they're all they all do the same thing. But anyway, he has so he has thirty eight hundred subscribers, and they each pay ten dollars a month. So you do the math. Yeah, I'm thinking that's three hundred and eighty thousand two hundred and thirty dollars, and that's just from that one site. I think he's on other sites. Plus, he does appearances. So. You can make a lot of money, and I think we need to figure out a way that we can monetize this. Are we going to create an uh, Adam Sink show just for fans? Yeah, I'm wondering how much people would pay to watch me just like watching TV while spooning my dog. <laughs> well, how much would like, you pay for that? I mean, um, not to plug a, a non-DNR podcast, but Race Chaser, they have a, a just for fans where they do like, they'll do like um, a mini challenge that they've created. Like They have content that's not like porn, but it's like exclusive so maybe we can. Actually, we can do exclusive stuff. Now we have the video studio. I don't know how it worked. That we got green screen. We could do a whole bunch of fancy things. We need to things. think about this. I think there's a way to make this happen, and I'd be happy to show some body would parts. Would you show your hole for for? <laughs> I would Shank show only fans. I would show yes, my hole for yeah, sure. Why but not? you'd want some money in return. Yeah. 
I mean, I'd show my hole. I've shown my hole you on stage to there anyone. Are millions of pictures of it floating around. It's floating around the internet. Email us at adam at adamsank.com and let us know how much you would pay. See, here's what I was also thinking, though. It's a monthly subscription, so there's this pressure right. to keep providing more and more content because if you let up, people are going to unsubscribe. Well, it's also like as a as a customer or consumer, it's like I, I don't I don't pay for porn. Like I don't I don't have a I, I watch free porn on the internet, but. If I'm going to pay, I want to see like the good, good, right? And I'm assuming that people who pay, who who subscribe to these accounts, are doing it, are subscribing to multiple people's, like, I just, it's I just wonder adds about up. that, or do you just have your one favorite, the one person? But how, and then how do you discover? I mean, I guess you have to find stuff of that. Like, how do you know that you want to? I think it's months. just like those people who are really good at social media. Yeah. They know the ones who are good at it, like Austin Wolf and Rocco Steele, they just know what to do to keep their fans interested and continue to subscribe because, you know, anyway. Wait, can I ask one more question? Yeah, yeah. You know that, like, you can post porn on Twitter? I do know yes. that. Yes, I don't understand. Like, uh, they're generally short clips that are trying to get you to either subscribe to an OnlyFans what? or to I've order rent a like whole two movie. minutes long. Yeah, yeah. no, I've, I've <laughs> yeah, seen <they're> short. <laughs> but, like, how does that. Twitter's uncensored. However, here's something interesting Twitter makes it hard to find those clips. And, in fact, whenever I try to tag Chris Harder, uh-huh. it doesn't automatically, like, if I type at Harder Burlesque, you know how it usually immediately yeah. goes to that? It won't. Huh. Because it thinks that Harder Burlesque is a porn uh, account, which it's not. Right. Um, anyway, here's a Cocktails and Cock Talk story. Uh, we haven't done Cocktails and Cock Talk in forever. And now, time for another stupid story from Cocktails and Cocktalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. Cocktails and Cock Talk uh, interviewed someone who's named the L.A. Exhibitionist. The L.A. Exhibitionist exposes himself around West Hollywood and has someone photograph it photograph it and then posts the pictures most of them seem to be of his ass and i printed this out because it is a really beautiful ass and hole i have oh to say oh my goodness wait and, wait, and the wait. dick is really big too the dick is just hanging freely down uh wow yeah that's that hole that's like a brent corrigan hole it's like a perfect little that's like pink. your dream hole yeah it's pretty great he's you have to like hairless guys to be into him he's completely hairless the, Can I see it one more time? The balls are hairless. The, Can I get a the dick look? looks. Well, wait, Ryan. I also want to show you this picture because I thought this is the one you would appreciate the most. Oh my goodness! Oh my. Go- Can you know you what? Describe I lo- what's happening to the listeners. So, um, this this person is getting his ass eaten by a broy looking dude. But what I love about this is the the ass is sort of perked up on either side of his head because he's sort of like holding it up he's he's pushing it up so you just see the curves here and 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 the proportions it's really a stunning photograph. and the question is is the person eating him was that spontaneous or was that all set up because i mean if you pull your asshole out in west hollywood and you look like that there could just be someone passing i would by pull over that'll eat it even though i'm i typically like a little hair in my in, in my hole in your stew i <laughs> I, I would i would pull over for this guy and i would show jb the picture Anyway, um, give it up for the, uh, what do they call him again? The, uh, ma- the Master Exhibitionist? The Maxis. The LA Exhibitionist. Yeah. I'm going to try to get him on the show. I fully salute him and his work, and um, bravo. Okay, girl. Bravo. You know, I think he, he kind of stole my gig. He, he, he did. He did. He did come for he your did. gig. It's not get- too late to be the East Coast or, w- or the New York Exhibitionist. <laughs> A 48-year-old man <laughs> has been showing his asshole around Hell's Kitchen. Would- P.S. It's Adam Sank. We all know him. Yeah. <laughs> 
Our guest is running late, by the way. So Great. fortunately, we are also running late, and we have a lot more stories to do. Let's get into it. And that. in the vein of the L.A. exhibitionist, in, in Newport Ritchie, Florida, a naked man wearing nothing but a woman... <laughs> Nothing but a woman's bra, literally nothing but a woman's bra, was caught on camera over the weekend burglarizing several cars. Only in Florida. The Pasco Sheriff's Office says the naked man was seen entering the fenced parking lot at U.S. Water Services Corporation. It's uh, in Newport, Ritchie. Uh, Deputies say the man then proceeded to commit several auto burglaries. He then left the area. Investigators have not yet been able to identify him. Anyone with information is asked to call the Sheriff's Office at one 800 706 Two four eight eight. Um, it's great video because it just looks like it's crazy. You don't see anything, and then you just see this figure enter the frame wearing literally nothing. Not even like what's shoes. the body like? Not even shoot girl. Girl, he, put the sh- put your shoes on. He looks very thin, okay, and a little raggedy, probably in his fifties, uh-huh. and he's just God. got a bra on. You know what? Um, at least he has. A garment. Well, you know, on. actually, that's how you are a bank. You do it, your, you do it naked, so no one, because everyone will just be staring at your penis. Right. Or be, the, no one's looking at your face. No, or no features. Yeah. But why naked. the bra? Well, that's the that's so the ma- question. So, so that's and that's adds to the confusion and the distraction. Yeah. It's like you're looking at this naked person, but he has a bra on. Why is he wearing a bra? You he's don't naked. notice that he's breaking into your car. Exactly. Exactly. There's so wow. many questions. It's so called, devious. Uh, I forgot the actual term for it, but misdirection. Yeah, sensory overload. Thank you, sensory overload. He doesn't seem to have much in the way of titties either. Like it's not like he's wearing the bra because he has Has, to. Right. Yeah. He's he's like an. He's just making a fashion statement. (laughs) An iconic fashion moment. Meanwhile, in Cyprus, which is not a a country we do a lot of stories about, sure, a Christian Orthodox bishop has, has claimed that if a pregnant woman enjoys anal sex, then this will transfer to her baby, and the baby will be gay. This is audio of a woman okay. having anal sex. And I also just have to say that I was present when he, when Adam was looking. I had to find this. And um, it was an experience. Uh, it was for disturbing. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I hate watching straight My porn. My issue is the dick's not even that big and he's not putting all the way in there. She's making so much goddamn noise. That's why I don't like straight porn. Like, bitch, you do it a lot for but a dick. That's not Women even really don't like taking dick up their ass for the most part. I mean, I don't want to speak for all women. Do there are some, some that, do, and it's like I, I think that I think that that's great. But like, if I had an option between the thing, like, if I don't know, if, I guess if I had a vagina, I would probably want someone to fuck me there first. Yeah, right, I, we're getting off topic. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the most reverend metropolitan neophytos, which is my favorite name ever. His name is Metropolitan Neophytos of Morphu of the Church of Cyprus said on July 23rd in a short video posted to YouTube that the lack of spirituality and knowledge of Christ creates homosexuals and the fault lies with the parents who, quote, pass on the sickness. Basically, when a woman enjoys anal sex or any, quote, abnormal sexual contact, a desire is created, which is then passed down to the unborn child. But only if the woman is into it. If she's not into into it, it, then you're fine. Although the country has legalized same-sex sexual activity, uh, Cyprus still falls behind when it comes to LGBTI parental rights. Same-sex marriage is illegal, as is uh, stepchild and joint adoption by same-sex couples. Um, Meanwhile, though, he's in a lot of hot water. People are upset about this. He doesn't explain what happens if if the baby's a a girl. Mm. Now, does the... 
man have to finish? Does he have to come in order for this, or is it just the is it just the act? I think she just has to really like. She has it. to like it. Yeah. So there's no like. Now, if if, <sighs> if she really is, it just enjoys dick sucking. Then the baby's just going to be a cocksucker, <laughs> but not necessarily into anal. Yes. What are, what did we call those sides? Sides. He'll be a side. When you're neither a top nor a bottom. Side. Meanwhile, what makes a lesbian then? We have lots of questions. When the woman doesn't want sex at all from the guy. <laughs> when the mom is like, keep Don't that touch me. Away from me. Get away from I me. I just want you to come in a test tube and then we're done forever. <laughs> and the baby is a lesbian. Beds. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Tennessee, a 59-year-old state representative has resigned. He was one of these anti-gay uh, Christians. But then his grinder account was revealed. Uh, <laughs> yes. Bill Sanderson was openly soliciting sex, allegedly, and sending sexually explicit messages and pictures to men who were almost 40 years younger than him. In other Shocker. words, 19 uh, he claims that he's he denied all of this, but he says he's resigning to run his business, which is called White Squirrel Winery. White Squirrel Winery. In January, uh, gossip blog The Dirty published messages that Sanderson allegedly sent to an unnamed male Vanderbilt student in which he writes that he is a state representative representing Ob- Obion Lake and Dyer counties, which are the actual counties that uh, Sanderson represented. Um, he wrote. The grinder, the journalist wrote, the grinder and text messages I've seen do appear to be authentic. They use Sanderson's real cell phone number. Um, one man that was interviewed said he met Sanderson at his farm in Kenton. Um, uh, one UT student says that um, he met with him at his winery. Sanderson gave him a tour and wine to drink. Later, he said Sanderson massaged his shoulders and otherwise hit on him in a manner that made him feel uncomfortable. Their meeting was allegedly interrupted when Sanderson's wife unexpectedly returned home. (gasps) Twist. He was pressured by the state legislator to make up a story on the fly about why he was even on the property. In 2011, Sanderson voted against allowing cities to adopt anti-LGBT discrimination ordinances. In 2012, he voted for an abstinence-only sex ed bill that banned discussion of, quote, gateway sexual activity. In 2016, he signed a resolution denouncing the U.S. Supreme Court's gay marriage ruling and supporting a bill allowing therapists to turn away gay clients. He's also defended schools that refuse bathroom access to trans students. I mean, he's just such a hypocritical piece of shit. How do these guys think they're not going to get caught? And Didn't like, he learn his lesson from that other guy. Well, right, that's at- that's the thing. It's like if you're if you work in if you're a politician of some sort and you are seeing these these stories come out like it seems like monthly. Delete I've, your grinder. Delete account, your grinder. Like figure out another. Or how way about just not being an anti-gay fucking asshole? Right. I mean, you don't have to come out, but you also don't have to be like so homophobic and just so l- just lay low. Leave us alone. Just get your dick sucked. Get your dick sucked at your winery, <laughs> white squirrel. At your white squirrel winery with your with your beard wife. Can you uh, imagine she comes home and he's there with a 19-year-old college student? Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. In happier news, yes. San Francisco Airport has a new terminal called the Harvey Milk Terminal. Yes. The, Har- queen. the Harvey Milk Terminal, uh, named obviously for the iconic LGBTQ rights luminary, opened at San Francisco International Airport uh, in mid-July. 
It's the first in the country to be named for a gay leader. It contains an exhibition called Harvey Milk, Messenger of Hope. The exhibit contains almost 100 historic images, campaign material, and press documents. Um, it's awesome. Uh, breaking news, uh, JFK just announced that um, they're opening the share terminal. Um, <laughs> another gay leader. If I could turn back your fly. <laughs> oh. If I could get rid of the delay. The share I terminal. would put everyone in first class. Oh. oh. The worst share imitation. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so that's good, awesome. good for San Francisco, good for uh, Harvey Milk and his legacy. Uh, meanwhile, in Japan, they've elected the first openly gay male politician to the national parliament. Yes, queen! His name's Taiga Ishikawa. Um, Japan is not as liberal as I think it is. Right. No, not at all. It's way more liberal than China and some other Asian countries, but um, they still have a long way to go. The ruling Liberal Democratic Party is notoriously anti-LGBT, but, um, but the Congress there has drafted bills to protect LGBT rights. Um, Ishikawa says he wants to push ahead with those bills and allow marriage equality. He said, quote, I would like to do my best to enact this, these, this legislation. I want to support vulnerable people in this society as a politician. He first made headlines in 2011 when he became one of the first openly gay male politicians in Japan. Um, I guess he was in the House of Counselors, which was something different. But now he's in the parliament. Um, so, yeah, good for him and good for Japan. Work. And that brings us to our weekly Pride update. Hit it, Ann Steele. It really can. Where? They can fly. They can fly. Yes. Come on, counter melody. April 13th through 18th, they're celebrating Pride in Copenhagen. Wait, this is my favorite part. That's in Denmark. Hit it up. Turn up. Everybody dance. Come on, auto tune. This for the um, OnlyFans. Yes. Okay. Okay. This is the idea. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna choreograph uh, a number to this song. Okay. Will we be naked? Sure. Well, does anyone want to see us dancing naked? How about we How about we wear like um little pasties and little like uh, flaps, little dick socks. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm up for it. And maybe we'll get Anne to to perform it live. Oh my God! Can you imagine Anne suddenly (laughs) appears at the microphone? Like We're the gown. backup dancers. In a gown. Oh my god, this is gonna be great. We will do the Anne Steele music this video is the content for OnlyFans. Our listeners. Meanwhile, want. Anne has to agree to this and also get a cut. Sure. So yeah, Copenhagen is August 13th through 18th. August 16th is Toledo Pride. Toledo Surprise in Ohio. Oh, and August goodness. 17th through 18th is Charlotte Pride in Charlotte, North Carolina. What a great city that is. That is great. I You've love Charlotte. So it is now uh 12:50. <laughs> <laughs> Where's and our, our guest is not here. We only have we have twenty minutes left. Did you? Um, He's texting. Okay. He apologizes. Where he, he at? got his time confused or something. You know, straight guys and lesbians. They just not can't. always the best. Uh, can't get their shit together. Can't get their shit together. But Ryan, uh, you, talk. You and JB talk amongst yourselves. I have more stories in my folder. I'm going to grab it off the couch. Okay. Oh. Okay. Right. What you want to talk about? No right? pressure. Oh my yeah, god. Okay. Totally no um, <laughs> uh, we'll start making our plans right here on the air. Um, I mean, we could talk about sex. 
why do you sound so hesitant? I'm always down for talking I don't know. I don't know because I'm always talking about sex too. So what's, um, what's the problem? Well, I will share this. Um, so Boy Wolf and I for the past two months have been um, – he has mostly been or pretty much exclusively been the top. And I've been the bottom, which is great. Bottom. Bottom. Um, but oh, the other day, he just bottom. was yeah, like – he was like, um, let me sit on it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And because um, he he had been having some issues like uh, coming and he was just like he couldn't get there. The minute he sat on my dick, which is not oh! very big or very like magnificent. I mean, it's, you know, it's a nice dick. But it's whatever. boyfriend dick. It's boyfriend dick. He was like, oh my God. Oh my God, I'm going to come. And it was just a really, it just brought us to a new level. Like it just, oh! of, um, just because it was like, I had never seen him. I've I've seen him come from topping me, but I've never seen him come from bottoming. And I just felt like it was like a you very felt, special. Yeah, I was like, power. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I got you. I got you in the butt. It's such a romantic story. Thank you. I miss sex. You. Oh, poor JB. <laughs> so not only do we want you to contribute to the keep JB on the ass fund, but also the get JB laid fund. Please put your dick. <laughs> We're raising money for an escort. We're raising money for or, who's that favorite porn star of oh, yours? Again? Red. Can I, oh, How much would red, red cost for a night? True story. When I was homeless, I was talking to him, and he was he wanted to fuck me. I was totally down with it, but I was dating this man at the time. I was like, ah, I can't try to be a good person and do a relationship properly. I should have. You gave up. I know. I should wait for the goddamn. Dirt. When you were homeless, JB, how would you shower? Oh well. Okay. So the I was in the homeless shelter, the transition housing. It was an actual house in Queens, right. With three floors. So I had my quote unquote own room with uh, a roommate in it, and we had our own shower. So you weren't living on the street. No, not until a couple of months later. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, closed. if someone's going to come over and fuck you, like, you got to clean that. Oh, booty. girl, no, I have a, I have an apartment now. Now, of course, <laughs> yes. Now. <laughs> All right. Here's a story that um, I found in my folder, and actually, I did want to talk about this, which is that Faye Dunaway has been fired from a Broadway show that was supposed to come out very soon called Tea at Five. It was a one-woman show in which she portrayed Catherine Hepburn, and it was uh, written by uh, someone that I actually know, a friend of mine named Matthew Lombardo, who's this incredibly hot muscle daddy. Mm. Um, Faye Dunaway was fired after basically going berserk. Which, not surprising. During the pre-show run. Um, they were playing out of town, I believe in Boston, and she became abusive and deranged. <laughs> uh, this is according to Michael Riedel in the New York Post. Her behavior was unsettling at an early photo shoot. Someone gave her a salad for lunch and she threw it on the floor. She said she was watching her weight and that the salad would be better on the floor than in her hand. She was frequently late for rehearsals, sometimes up to two hours, sources say. She refused to allow anyone to look at her during rehearsals, including the director and the playwright. No, she got to go. She, she got to go. Although she had read the script for six months, sources claimed she was never able to learn her lines during the run of the play at, uh, out of town, she was fed lines and blocking through an earpiece. Wow. While in rehearsal, she left what one production source called troubling, rambling, and angry voicemails to the creative team in the middle of the night. She insisted that no one wear white to rehearsals because it distracted her. What? When she was rehearsing on stage at the, at the Huntington Theater, uh, no one was allowed to move in the theater because that distracted her. She began to lose weight and looked so emaciated 
that a production staff called her former assistant for advice. The former assistant said, quote, it sounds like she's not complying with her medication. <laughs> the producers became so concerned that they called Actors' Equity to, want to ask them if it was ethical to put someone in her condition on stage. So during the last weekend in June, she reportedly had a full-on Mommy Dearest meltdown and demanded that the staffers at the Huntington Theater get down on their hands and knees and scrub the floor of her dressing room. She allegedly threw mirrors, combs, and boxes of hairpins at the staff. She also pulled gray, she pulled gray hairs out of her wig because she wanted to play a younger version of Hepburn than the playwright had written. Wow. There, there, there's etiquette, and there's rules to theater. And I don't care if you're the star. I don't care if you're the main character. You respect everyone there. Everyone has a part to play. Everyone... Does that thing? You don't treat people like shit. It's just so sad just, because she was sad. such a huge star and yeah. such a great actress. I mean, Bonnie and Clyde, Network, mm-hmm. uh, Mommy Dearest, Mommy Dearest. I mean, she just. But, was that, a, that's but Mommy like, Dearest was kind of the, the beginning of her downfall because it was such mm, a right. such a terrible movie. Well, it's such a terrible movie, but her performance sort of had this like major impact. But it was, a, I think, it was it's very over the top. Close. It was directed badly. Yeah, but also it seems like that is sort of that character that that performance is lingering and is now a part of her um her truth well i feel really bad for matthew lombardo and the entire crew i mean here you spend so much money and so much time and effort goes into getting a a play on broadway oh my god and you land a major star like faye dunaway knowing that she's batshit crazy but like hoping that she can hold it together and then the whole thing blows up like, so obviously the production hours. is postponed. Hours for costumes, it's, it's everything. A lot of work, but it's just it's interesting to me because it's like everything that you just described, like is stuff that you hear. You know, it's like um, stuff you can imagine me doing. Well, <laughs> I've seen uh, variations of that from you, but um, but no, um, like it's just it's just it's just like t- I can't imagine that like someone actually behaving that way, like. I, it, 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 what you're describing sounds like um, like a plot of a, of a movie or that a sounds play. like Mommy Dearest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's a character. It doesn't sound like like someone could actually. And I know that that in in the entertainment industry there are people that are nuts. And well, it sounds like she's. It sounds well, and every everything. It sounds but, like she's mentally ill. Yeah, which is which you know, is sad. Really sad. <clears throat> but it reminded me that when we had Erica Amato on the show, and mm-hmm. fuck, I meant to cut this as a clip. I totally forgot. Um, when Erica was on the show at Christmas and singing songs for us, we asked her who was the worst celebrity you ever had to deal with, and she said Faye Dunaway. Oh, right. She and did. told us the story about when Erica was working at a store in L.A., and Faye Dunaway showed up at the store and was, like, asking her to hold things for her. Not, like, put them on hold, but literally hold them and, carry her, and walk around the store <sighs> carrying them like a shopping cart. And then Faye Dunaway... <clears throat> went into the changing room and tried something on and left, and she left her sports bra in the changing room. So Erica went running out to the street, and Faye's car was parked there, and she was knocking on the window, and Faye refused to roll down the window. So And Faye kept telling her to go around, go around. So she had to go to the other side of the car, and Faye was like, what? And she's like, I have your bra. And she was like, and she like grabbed it out of her hand and drove off. Oh my God! She is the big C U N T. And who leaves Wild. their bra behind? Right. The guy in Florida who burglarized the cars would have made good use of Faye Dunaway's sports bra. He was like, <laughs> he's like, this will do. Meanwhile, we've talked about George Michael's, the late George Michael's boyfriend, Fadi Fawaz. Right. 
uh, and how his behavior has been somewhat problematic. And he was allegedly reportedly left out of George's will completely. Well, now he's apparently smashed up the $5 million home that the two owned together or that George owned and, and they lived in together. Um, neighbors called police after they heard crashing noises coming from inside the house and they spotted Fawaz standing half naked on the roof as water gushed out of the front door. One neighbor said the damage inside the house is really bad. Every fixture and fitting, every door and window, it's all completely destroyed. Even the toilets and the sinks have been smashed. There's major damage to the walls and even the ceilings. They think that this didn't happen just in one tantrum, that he's been doing this for some time. Um, reportedly, they've been trying to get him out of this house. He's been squatting there ever since George died. Police were called on Tuesday, the 23rd of July, around 7 p.m. to report a man seen on the roof. Officers attended, and the man was no longer on the roof, but was inside the address, which had extensive damage. This is according to the police report. Earlier this month, Fawaz posted a bizarre video on Facebook showing his shadow flicking off the camera through a broken window on the property, along with the caption, what a nice day. Okay, so that girl. sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, this that's hmm, wow, disturbing. But I crazy. I think I've found the perfect partner for Fadi Fawaz, and her name is Faye Dunaway. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part they of my are. new reality series, <laughs> Fadi and Faye. Fadi meets Faye. <laughs> Fadi loves Faye. <laughs> that is rich. <laughs> oh my Can god! Can you imagine just Fadi and Faye in a house together? Like in a beautiful mansion, and by the end of the series, the mansion is destroyed, destroyed. and they're the, both just like crawling around on the, the floor, and naked, maids are crying. Yeah, that's really sad. It is really sad. Um, I hate vandalism, though. Yeah. I hate it. It's like my least favorite crime. When what? you just destroy things for the sake of destroying them. Yeah. I mean, I guess rape is worse. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to say it's my least favorite crime, but it really upsets me. I hate hoarders. Oh my god, I hate them, and I hate watching the show. Mm-hmm. It makes me so angry when people, when people mess up a nice house. It's infuriating to me. I I feel like, what about the memories? Like, don't you hold on to the memories? And wouldn't see and destroy hurt you more? And what it makes the memory, it doesn't. It makes memory less pure. Yeah. Like, but but if you're if you're again if you're mentally ill, and you're just filled with anger for whatever reason, you don't. You're there's not no other way rationally. to deal with the situation other than to do, just that. In a much happier story, there's a gay bobsledder, openly gay, named Simon Dunn. Uh, he's a former bobsledder from Australia. Um, I have to what show you a Simon picture. Dunn? I, oh, here comes our guest. I, I'll show you a picture because he's incredibly hot. Ooh. Anyway, to tell you the story in 10 seconds, they made a homophobic meme featuring his face. Someone made it saying, like, this is how a good gay person acts versus, like, a bad gay person. And it was essentially trashing femi gays. Yeah, yeah. And people who are flamboyant and extra and saying, like, this is how gay men should really be using his face. Mm-hmm. And he was not having it. Not having it, darling. And he clapped back and was basically like, don't use my image for your internalized homophobia. Don't make assumptions on the kind of gay man I am or the kind of gay man I associate with. I will always support those who are true to themselves. So good for you, Simon Dunn. Simon Dunn already done had hers. He done already had hers. And in the remaining eight and a half minutes, our guest today is an award-winning writer of screenplays, stage plays, and magazine articles, an actor, musician, and improv comedian who's appeared with Chicago City Limits and the Upright Citizens Brigade. He's one of the first people I ever met when I moved to New York City back in 1995. Please give a warm-ass welcome 
to Jeff Shearer. Adam, thank you very much. Jeff. Hey, we were just saying how straight guys and lesbians are the only people that are ever late to this podcast. You know, yeah. It was, honestly, I'm like, I've been all my life, I've been like Uncle Billy on uh, This Wonderful Life. That's his name, right? Uncle Billy? The old one with the strings on his fingers. Uh, and I've become so, like, able to cut that off lately. Like I have with Google Calendar, I'll do, like, multiple reminders. Somehow it didn't work out, and... Uh, well, I'm happy like to see person. you, Thank albeit you. <laughs> for a short amount of time. You look exactly the same That's as when I last saw you 25 years ago, except your hair's gray now. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Was it not gray at all then? Yeah. No. I went gray pretty early. We were in our yeah. 20s. That's true. Yeah. I was 25. You look pretty much the same, too. Oh, thank you. I think we look you. the same, except you, know, you didn't have a mustache back then. I, I wanted you on because I had not seen you since 1996 when I left Miramax. Right. And... Uh, you and I've I've told you this when we caught up the other day. You were always one of the funniest people I ever knew, so I'm not terribly surprised that you became uh, an improv comedian. Um, can you just briefly describe to the listeners what Miramax Films was like in 1995 and six when we worked there? Oh my God! And I'm not sure how many names I should use. or just use first. Use names. them all first. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So, so the T. So and yeah, I like my. I, I probably got put the same temp agency. I think uh, uh, sent you maybe sent. No, you I was full time. Me. Oh, okay. I got sent. I got sent in by a temp agency. So I was one of them. There were like a hundred. 20 something year olds you know they're like that we're all like in a tiny space in a tiny space we we were, i shared my cubicle yes with another person oh so did i yeah in fact and there were three of us i was like an assistant to an assistant when i started and at one point i think and then when she left i sort of became the de facto assistant brought on my friend as an assistant my friend doug oh and you were there first i thought doug brought you in no i i brought i brought him in and uh yeah i was working for uh jen lolly and who was working for cynthia swartz and uh yeah it was i remember one of the the heads of publicity i think it was erica said like uh, referred to the publicity department at Miramax as the women's ghetto. Yes. Uh, all of our was, bosses were women, yeah. but most of the assistants were gay men. Yes. Or in your, you and Doug's case, straight men. Yes. I, that's, I've, I've continued that, that throughout the rest of my <laughs> life. I, somehow I chose a career in marketing and everything like that where like, literally my last job was the only straight man. But Cynthia was a legendary figure because she yes. was the she ran the Oscar campaigns and she's the one that you know won all the Academy Awards for yes. Miramax and a genius. Her but as voice? someone called as someone called her, she was like a homeless person with a job. She just walk around muttering, just I don't, I don't know. Do her, do her voice. I'm not, I'm not Jeff. My, my favorite. Hello, 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 hello. Is someone there? She'd just be calling if her assistant wasn't there. But the be- <laughs> my favorite story is Jordan's. But he said one time that uh, said, uh, another friend of mine who was her assistant at one point, she's like, Jordan, I, I, like I, I need you to like I missed a, I missed a meeting. I missed a meeting. He's like, I told you about the meeting. He's like, Well, you have to keep telling me. You have to keep telling me over and over again if I have a meeting. So the next time he did it, she's just like, you know, five minutes before the meeting, she's like, Cynthia, you have a meeting. Five. Yes, 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 Jordan. I, I, I know. I have five, five minutes. I, yeah, just, just let me alone. He's like, Okay, uh, three minutes. You have the meeting. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finally, it like comes like Cynthia in the meetings, right? She's like, Jordan, be very annoying. <laughs> you're, you're really annoying. We worked for the most stressed out women. If, if, if anyone's ever seen Absolutely Fabulous, there's an episode where Adina is on the phone with Bubble mm. and on her cell phone as she's coming into work. And then she's like, yes, yes, darling, I'm standing right next to you now. And that was literally Marcy. My boss was Marcy Granada, the head of publicity. Oh, we yeah. would start our morning phone call while she was at home. And by the time we were done with the conversation, she would have passed me and gone into her office and we'd still be talking via her cell phone. 
And and you'd be like pre- preparing the pile of like copies of publicity to yes like fax to before the internet. In the I had to photocopy every newspaper article at like so our hours were like my hours were like eight a.m. to midnight yeah. every day. Right, we worked it's insane hours. Yeah, I was like really psyched because they paid for our lunches. So when did you leave and when did you get into improv? So uh, I was about a year I was there in public, less than a year I was there in publicity. And then I got kicked to the creative department where I worked for movie posters and that kind of thing. So like, Fun. Uh, yeah. So for I, how long? I got to write copy and, uh, but mostly I was just like printing posters. I was there until about 1999. Oh, wow. Um, and then I worked for uh, Jimmy Verdesoto, who is the guy who like used to be the creative director at Miramax, and he formed his own poster company. So then I was working for like also doing stuff for the shooting gallery and October Films and that kind of good thing. for you. Somewhere around there, like I wanted an outlet. I think I'd written some plays and written screenplays, but I like uh, I tried to do stand up and didn't like it. Um, and then some a friend of mine was like, "You got to try the UCB." I heard like. That new person from SNL, Amy Poehler, is from there, and she's explained the whole thing to me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll try it out. And uh, I got hooked ever since. That would have been 2002 I started. Yeah. Now, your wife is also an improv performer. She is. Did you guys meet doing it? We did, yep. And when you're in bed together, do you like make up what's going to happen next? <laughs> there are or? a lot of bits around the house. Super annoying. We both do musical improv, so that oh, means we, yes. we we make up songs about our pets. It's I mean everybody makes songs about our pets, but we actually hold ourselves to a standard in terms of like rhyme and you know structure. <laughs> and you don't have kids. No kids. So you're no. just like entertaining each other and the pets. Just a couple of. Dinks. Well, right now we're ninks. I think we're like no income, uh, no kids. But, uh, but you know, working on being back to double income, no kids. I've never done improv. I've only ever done stand up. And my my concern about doing improv would be that, like, every person on your improv team has to be good. If there's one person who sucks, then it kind of ruins the the bit, right? The sketch. Yes and no, though. Well, so yeah, we don't say sketches. <laughs> we say scenes. Um, scenes. <laughs> mm. uh, but um, but yeah, like to give you an example, I when I was taking like level two improv, uh, Paul Shear was my teacher. Oh wow. Um, yeah, and he was you know he was a pretty good teacher. But I had one of my great moments was that like I had this guy that would just keep coming up with me as a really awkward improviser over and over again, and finally Paul was just like Jeff, it's not it's your responsibility to make the scene look good. Like you make him look good no matter what it is. And it was like one of the best things I, I learned. <sighs> that would like, stress me the fuck out. Yeah, but you get to a point where you like, you feed off the energy of whatever you have. You try to do the best. I mean, it's, it's not like someone can't tank a scene, but you know. All right, Jeff, we're going to play a one minute version of ask me no questions. Okay. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. If you had to have sex with any male celebrity, who would it be? Oh, well, see, I, I, I've, I've put some thought into this, I think. <laughs> For a while, it was Saeed on Lost. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Beautiful, right? Get it? Yeah. It's yeah. the hair, long hair. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. There's, uh, uh, I think that, that's, that's my answer. I probably have a better answer somewhere. F. Mary Kill. This is Teen Idol Edition. Okay. Brooke Shields, Tatum O'Neill, Jodie Foster. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, with my record, I probably would have uh, I, I probably would have um, fucked Jodie Foster so she would become a lesbian because I you would have made her a couple a times. I've, yes. I've, I've manufactured a couple of lesbians. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Mary, uh, what was it? Brooke Shields and who? Tatum O'Neill. Uh, Mary Tatum O'Neill. I guess kill Brooke Shields. Sorry, Brooke. Uh, I think the correct answer would have been to kill Tatum. Yeah. Jeff Shearer, I wish we had more time with you. My fault. Thank you. You'll come back again. Ryan and I will be back next week when our guest will be one of the ass favorites, Irene Bremis. Don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Follow me, me on Twitter at 
Adam Sank. Subscribe to this podcast at DNRstudios.com. Donate to the Keep JB on the Ass Fund at AdamSank.com. Follow Ryan at Ryan Frosting. Follow JB at Stocking Anarchy. Twelve. Stocking Anarchy 12. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Thank, Thank you. you all for listening. Jeff Shearer, how Thank do we follow you? So- you? Uh, X plus one, the show, is the is the improv we do. X.com. Bye.